What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. I am your host, Cole Haight, here to talk week four of the NFL. Uh, we're going to have all of the games uh, from the Sunday slate, including the Monday night football game. Uh, we're also going to do a quick recap of the Thursday night game between the Bengals and the Jaguars. Uh, and some best bets moving forward uh, for you guys to try and take advantage of uh, for this upcoming week via DraftKings, via FanDuel, via whoever you use as your betting platform. Uh, So let's hop right in. Uh, Thursday night football, uh, Jaguars and the Bengals. Joe Burrow looks good. Uh, The Bengals came out on top with another game-winning field goal, uh, which they did against my Minnesota Vikings. Uh, which you guys all know is my favorite football team. Uh, Joe Burrow looks good. Uh, His command of the offense and his growth within that offense looked amazing. Uh, Joe Mixon did get dinged up in this game, uh, was a very good player uh, within the football game. Uh, James Robinson, if any of you have James Robinson out there, I know I do in fantasy football. Uh, Two rushing touchdowns for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence still looks like he has some stuff he needs to figure out. Uh, Urban Meyer doesn't look like he's a top 10 coach in the NFL like he was throughout his entire career in college. Uh, But the Bengals look good. And, and they're they're looking a lot better than anybody ever expected them to look. So Zach Taylor coming into this season, one of the worst records as a head coach uh, coming in. The, the thing is, the NFL is, is a very strange game sometimes. I've known that um, being a fan of a team who has not had very much success uh, throughout the past two decades. However, it looks like that the Bengals are going to be a force to be reckoned with, even with a very subpar on the stat sheet defense and a subpar on the stat sheet offense. So Joe Burrow looks amazing so far this season. They haven't played that many top 10 teams so far, in term, especially in terms of defense. Uh, but the Bengals look good. They get a victory. Um, especially the way the Pittsburgh Steelers look right now, which we will obviously talk about later uh, with their upcoming game against the Packers this week. Um, the Ravens defense doesn't look like the Ravens defense of old. So the uh, anybody who's a Bengals fan out there uh, from Cincinnati, from Ohio, uh, I know a few Bengals fans, not that many, uh, but most of them grew up around Cincinnati. The Bengals look very good right now. And, and honestly... If they can sneak their way into a wild card spot, I, it would not surprise me. Their offense looks good. They look like they're clicking. If if Joe Mixon is not hurt and he's not dinged up too bad where he can come back next week, uh, Joe Mixon looks like a top five back right now. He just looks good. And uh, there's nothing there's nothing else I can really say about it. He just he just looks like he's here to perform. He's He's going against defenses that were known for run defense. Uh, through the first four weeks, and, and and they went into town and they took care of business. A W's a W, and that's what I tell a lot of my of of my friends. Uh, a lot of people who talk to me about the NFL. Uh, you got to come out with the W. It doesn't matter if you win thirty eight to three. Doesn't matter if you win thirty eight to thirty seven. Uh, the W is the W, and that's all that matters in the NFL, especially uh, moving forward towards a playoff berth. So. Let's keep a keep an eye on the the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they look good. Uh, they've beaten a, a a decent amount of good teams so far. Um, so let's see what happens when they play within their division uh, and and moving forward because they they looked good. Trevor Lawrence did not look terrible in this game. The the Jaguars just have a lot of holes and they have more holes than they could overcome in this game. I'm glad that I had James Robinson in my uh, season-long fantasy team. Um, however, they, they they just have some some obstacles that I think that are a little bit harder to overcome than they thought. Um, and Urban Meyer is going to be the key to this. Now, Urban Meyer has been coming out, and people have been talking about his demeanor on the field, uh, his demeanor on at practices. Uh, with the team and what have you, he needs to get control of this football team. They're not the worst team I've ever seen. 
They have weapons on offense. They have weapons on defense. Like their defense is 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 subpar. Like they're not they're not amazing. Uh, but but Urban Meyer needs to get a grip of this and try and turn his team around for the positive moving forward. That's that's what I've learned most after watching that mo- watching most of that Thursday night football game. The, the, Trevor Lawrence is not is not going to tank the season. He's not, he he's got growing pains. A lot of people have growing pains. It doesn't matter if you're uh, you're in the finance field, uh, you're in the uh, police officer, corrections officer field. Uh, you could be in a lot of fields, and you could have some growing pains getting the job that you went to college for and played for. Um, and and then now you're you're in the big you're in the big leagues. Like let's just play like you're in the big leagues. They got Marvin Jones, Lavisca Chenault looked good uh, from Colorado. He looked good. It, it, they just got to put it all together. And once they put it all together, they're going to be more than solid moving forward. They just need to get the pieces that they're missing in upcoming drafts. So a good Thursday night game to lead off week four. Let's hop right in to the rest of the week four slate, starting with the Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. So Andy Reid comes back to Philadelphia the Chiefs' defense coming into this game, um, this is the game that they need to perform. The Chiefs' defense has not looked good through the first three weeks. They're in the basement of the AFC West, which if you asked 100 avid football fans, they would not expect the Chiefs to be 1-2 and two and be in the, dev- the bottom of this division. The problem is it's so early that people are going to try and count them out early. You never count out Patrick Mahomes, and I've learned that, uh, me being me as an avid football fan, and also because one of my best friends is a Chiefs fan. I brought him up multiple times. A um, lot of lot of Chiefs talk, a lot of Vikings talk in this house. Uh, my buddy lives with me very, very close to him. The thing is, this is the game that turns them around, and they're going to use it in multiple ways. The defense is going to show up in this game. A lot of people are trying to hammer the over in this game of 54. Uh, We'll get to my pick at the end of of my little spiel here. But this is the thing. The Chiefs defense will show up this week because they know they need to. Through the first few weeks of of the season, the Chiefs looked like they're playing lackadaisical on defense. And that and that's saying it very lightly. They've given up a lot. They, they haven't really performed up to the standard that a, that a normal Chiefs team would. So they're, they're going to exploit a defense that gave up 41 to the Cowboys last week on, on Monday Night Football. They're going to give up a decent amount this week, just not as much. And I think the defense comes out, the Chiefs defense comes out and performs this week. Chris Jones is going to have multiple sacks. We're, we're, we're going to see the Chiefs defense show up to the to the point where they're not going to look like they did the past three weeks. One key thing that I saw uh, just in looking around in the league and what have you, um, Darius Slay got a concussion last week. He's still in concussion protocol. If Darius Slay plays, he's going to be all over Tyreek. He's not fast enough to cover him. Nobody's fast enough to cover Tyreek. But if Darius Slay plays, Tyreek may take a hit in fantasy, but everything else is going to be open. Nobody can cover Travis Kelsey. Miko Hardman is going to be running free in the secondary. The Chiefs are going to get up in this game, and they're going to get up early. And the fact, and, and it just compounds the, the fact that Andy Reid returns to Philadelphia. And my buddy, who I often talk about, like I've talked about already in this episode, is going to the game. He's going to be at the Eagles stadium to watch the Chiefs absolutely annihilate the Eagles. The Eagles don't stand a chance in this game. Jalen Hurts is is athletic, but he's not good enough as a quarterback. Miles Sanders doesn't look like he's got a grip on the running game so far in the so far through three weeks. And I, I've got the Chiefs. I, I I just have the Chiefs. So uh, to my pick, the Chiefs minus six and a half. I'm hammering that as well as the under. Everybody's going with the over. I'm going with the under. I don't think the the Eagles score ten points in this game. And I think the Chiefs score about 31. 31 to ten is what I'm looking at. 
in this game. So the Chiefs minus six and a half and the under of 54. Next game on the slate, the New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Here is the major problem. Daniel Jones hasn't performed with all of his all of his players available to him. What happens when you take two of them away in the pass game? Not nothing good. Nothing good comes of that. Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to find anything up front because their offensive line is embarrassing. The New York Giants offensive line is embarrassing through 3 weeks. They have no there's nowhere for him to run. There's there's literally nowhere for him to run. That is the problem. There's nowhere for him to run. Now, the Giants will struggle in this game, but so will the New Orleans Saints. So, Jameis needs to be Jameis in this game for them to win. The Giants secondary does not look good this year. Bradbury's playing okay. Everybody else is playing subpar. It's just something that I see happening within the game that I don't think that they can come back from, quite frankly. And the running games have to be a factor in, bo- in for both of these teams if the, the score's going to run up, which I think it will. So the, the over-under is very low in this game projected, but I think Alvin Kamara and Saquon find holes in this game that they haven't really found up to this point. So the fact that they haven't found them up to this point, I think that it happens. I think they both have decent days on the ground well, with uh, multiple big hitters uh, coming out. I think Daniel Jones and the way the offense, the way Joe Judge has his offense set up, with the play action, with Saquon being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that they that they put up decent points. The problem is, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Saints defense because their defense and their offense doesn't it just doesn't match up. It doesn't match up well. The the Giants are in real trouble after this game. Real trouble. So my pick in this game is going to be the Saints minus seven. Yes, that's a whole touchdown. The Saints minus a whole touchdown. Um, And I'm going with the over of 42. I'm thinking the Saints come out on top hard uh, to start this game, and they just cruise, um, and they end up winning by 10. Um, And I think... I think that the Giants end up with multiple good things to take out of this game, uh, just not a W. They're just gonna, they're they're going to end up with an L. Next on the list, we're going to the other New York team. The Titans are at the Jets this week. This the the Derrick Henry show this week is going to be real. They're having issues. AJ Brown probably will not play in this game. Uh, Julio Jones is a little bit dinged up. The thing is, they don't need any receivers to win this game, so they're going to run Derrick Henry extremely hard in this game. The Jets haven't been able to stop anyone, nor have they been able to score any points, which is a great statement for me to make. However, uh, based on my picks, that's not the way it's going to go. So uh, let me take the next few minutes to describe exactly how it is going to go. Both of their defenses are terrible. The Jets' defense, they lost way too many starters. They picked up multiple people in free agency in the draft uh, to make their defense not piss poor. They've lost a lot of those players, and they haven't been able to find anything offensively. You can't just spoof defensive players in to keep the score down. That's that, that's not what happens in the NFL, especially in the NFL. Zach Wilson has struggled up until now, um, and I think Zach Wilson actually has a decent game, especially against a Titans defense that is probably bottom five in the league right now, especially in terms of statistics, better yet, everything else. That's the problem. So... The Jets will have the best game that they've had so far. And that will show based on the final score. So I have the Jets plus six and a half. It's going to be a closer game than you think, maybe involving garbage time. It it could involve garbage time. The Titans will win the game, but I'm taking the Jets plus six and a half because I don't like how many people aren't. So I'm going to take the Jets plus six and a half. Zach Wilson figures something out. 
and they figure it out. And I'm going to take the Jets plus six and a half and then the over of 44 and a half. I, I think there's not a chance in hell that this these teams combined don't both score at least in the 20s. Yet one of them being in the 30s, one of them being in the 20s. But I'll tell you what, I, I see it being a close game up until the end. And guess what? I think Zach Wilson figures it out in this game. All right, next on the docket, the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. This is the battle of the underperformers so far. Washington football team uh, thought, everybody thought that they were going to be have a top 10 defense. Uh, so far, they've given up a lot of points to a lot of teams that they didn't expect to. And Taylor Heineke doesn't look like he looked in the playoff game against Tom Brady um, and at the end of last season uh, in general. So I think that they figure it out. And I'm, I'm definitely going with the Washington football team in this game. However, there's a few players that I wanted to keep a, keep a keen eye on, um, especially not only in st- statistic-wise, but also in fantasy. So... Taylor Heineke's going to find McLaurin. He's going to find him often, uh, especially against a piss-poor Atlanta Falcons defense. Uh, And Antonio Gibson is going to have a day. So if you have Antonio Gibson in fantasy, I know I didn't have him in my fantasy uh, episode, the last episode that came out. However, uh, please, he's going to have a day this week, Antonio Gibson will. Atlanta can't stop anyone. They stopped the Giants last week, but the Giants basically stopped themselves. So... Um, it, it, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are going to drive that offense. Uh, but Taylor Heineke is going to find a groove. Uh, and he's going to probably find Logan Thomas as well. So uh, with this game, uh, I'm going to pick the Washington football team minus one and a half. And I'm going to pick the over of 47 and a half. I think, I think that the Washington football team puts up a fight on defense. They have a, bu- a bunch of good plays. But I think garbage time finally gets to the gets to the Washington football team at the end of the game, uh, which is why I'm taking them minus the points and also the over. Next on the list, the Texans at the Bills. The biggest spread that we've seen in this in this 2021 season up until now, which I will tell you at the end. However, Josh Allen, how good is he actually? So Josh Allen's a good quarterback. Uh, we saw him play a little bit piss poor against the Steelers in week one. Came back and had two really good games um, in the two following games after week one and week two and week three. So as Josh Allen reached his peak, because I kind of feel like he has, I don't think that he has any ability to get better than he is right now. I think there's some limitations that he has, uh, whether he gets a little bit reckless when trying to throw the ball deep Uh, He also gets reckless when running the ball and not keeping it tight to his side. Uh, Some of the things that I've learned uh, in Pee Wee football, even in my my local township growing up, uh, you got to keep the ball tight. You don't end up fumbling. Similar to all the haters of LaShawn McCoy, um, who will retire. That's uh, breaking news. If you guys haven't heard, LaShawn McCoy to sign a one-year contract, or sorry, one-year, one-day contract with the Philadelphia Eagles to retire, uh, holds the ball out wide when he runs, uh, prone to fumbling. Similar to some of the issues that a lot of the fumble-heavy running backs have had. So I I just I think that he's peaked, and I don't think that he has any opportunity to go up. So I did say that Stephon Diggs would have a day. The other person that I think in fantasy or statistic-wise will have a day is Devin Singletary. I think the Bills go up big. Um, but then lose the cover in garbage time. So my pick for this game is going to be the Texans plus 17 and the under of 47. So one of the reasons why I decided to go with this pick is because the Texans defense and the Texans offense roster-wise, it's hard for somebody to, to find any positives from their roster. A lot of people are hurt. Their roster, their roster is constructed very weirdly, so it's not it's not very clear uh, and concise as to how they're gonna go on moving forward. 
Davis Mills looked good in his first um, his first start. He has another week to prepare, but against the Bills defense, I don't think he gets much done, and I don't think it's going to be very positive for the for the Texans. So that's why I've gone and handcuffed myself a bit. Uh, but if you guys want to go out and and make that bet. Uh, I would go with the under before I would go with the Texans plus the points uh, because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game similar to the Jets game uh, where they only scored six points last week. So that uh, that's where I'm. That's where I feel right now. That, that that's where I'm landing. Next on the list, the Lions at the Bears. Both teams are struggling coming into this game. Uh, Justin Fields a little bit dinged up. Andy Dalton still a little bit dinged up. So do we see Nick Foles in this game? Possibly. Matt Nagy hasn't ruled it out. So it's very possible uh, that we see Nick Foles in this game. We don't even know who's starting for the Bears yet. Nothing is clear and concise. So the problem that I have is that I think the only positivity we can come up with that is makes any type of sense for this game is that both running games are going to excel. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams for the Lions, and and David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears are going to have a game. My problem is the fight with the Lions is enough for me to, to believe in them more than I believe in the Bears. The Bears don't look like they're even trying on defense. Uh, I've mentioned in the podcast um, and also out in public multiple times to multiple Bears fans that I know. Eddie Jackson looks like he's not even trying. I don't I don't know what the point of this is, and I don't know why it's happening, uh, but Eddie Jackson doesn't even look like he's trying. It, it doesn't even look like he's even trying out there uh, to cover people, to make tackles, uh, to be even involved in bang-bang plays. So I'm going to take the Lions plus the points here. I'm going to take the Lions plus three, and I'm going to take the over of 41. 41's a low number. I think that this has a potential to be felt out as a, as a game between both the teams in the first quarter, and then they both figure it out. So I see this, this, this score climbing, especially later in the game, end of the third quarter, early fourth. Next game on the docket, the Colts at the Dolphins. Does anybody else feel like Jacoby Brissett is like Tua, but bigger and more physical? They're very similar. Jacoby Brissett doesn't have the biggest arm, neither does Tua. He He's a little bit mobile. Uh, he can get around stuff, but he doesn't really have the best grasp of every offense and every play at every time, similar to Tua. So I don't, I, I, I feel like he's a bigger, more veteran version of Tua to be honest with you. And Tua's not going to play in this game with the fractured ribs. The The only way I see the Colts getting in this game and staying close with it is if they get a strong start. They definitely can get a strong start based on who they have available on defense and the way they can kind of control the game uh, because Miami hasn't really been able to run the football to success so far within the first three weeks, at least, of this season. However, I feel like the Colts got to jump up, and I feel like they're going to in this game. Um, And and them plus the points is going to be awesome to take. So the defenses are going to be the star of this game. I, I think this is probably the lowest-scoring game of the week, to be honest. And I'm going to take the Colts plus two. I think that if the Colts lose, they're going to lose on a last-second field goal. But this game doesn't get anywhere near the number uh, for the over-unders. So I'm going to take the Colts plus two, and I'm going to take under 41.5. A little bit of a ballsy pick. However, I think the defenses shine in this game, and you're going to see way more about both of these defenses, whether it be pass rush or big plays made by the defense, uh, than you see from any part of the offenses. Next on the docket, we go with the Panthers at the Cowboys. Are the Cowboys going to emerge in this NFC least, uh, which is what is the term as coined uh, for the NFC East, uh, being a very piss poor 
division regardless of what's happening right now. Washington doesn't look good. The Eagles defense and the Eagles offense look skeptical. And then you also have the Giants who are 0-3 and look like they have no positivity at all. The Cowboys need to make a statement. Now, I don't think they make the statement even against a team who's missing their best player on offense. Christian McCaffrey will not be in this game. Uh, He's still dealing with a calf strain or a hamstring strain. Here's the thing. Chuba Hubbard is good. I believe in Chuba Hubbard. I I watched a lot of his tape uh, in college. Also, before he got drafted, I've seen a lot of it. I like Chuba Hubbard. He's going to be a good player to plug and play in this game because I think Sam Darnold gets it done. But Dak hasn't played a team with this good of a defense. The Panthers have a top three defense right now. And I don't think Dak can can deal with that right now. They beat the Chargers. Okay. They beat the Eagles. Okay. But the the Eagles and the Chargers defenses are nothing compared to the, the Panthers defense. Yes, they're missing a decent amount of people on defense uh, due to last week and due to the beginning of the season. However, I see the Panthers getting it done. I, d- I don't see a way that the, the Cowboys go up by a lot and, and this looks like Sam Darnold on the Jets trying to come back. I don't see that happening. Sam Darnold looked good, especially last week on the Thursday night game against the Texans. He looked like he he has a good rapport with his wide receivers. He looks like he's good uh, even after Christian McCaffrey had to exit the game with his running backs. So I think that it's a very safe bet and a very good bet to take the Panthers plus the points. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Panther, Panthers plus four and a half, and I'm also going to take the over of 51 and a half. I see whoever gets up in this game which I project as being the Panthers early. Uh, They are going to continuously run the football, keep the the running game involved, so that'll run the score up a little bit, and I think the Dallas Cowboys have enough firepower to bring this from what looks like a blowout to not that close of a blowout. Um, So I would take the Panthers' money line, uh, but if you're going to give me the points, I'm going to take them. So I'll take the four and a half. And the over of 51 and a half. Next game, the Cardinals at the Rams within the NFC West. Uh, both of these next two games we're going to go over are both NFC West teams playing each other. So is Kyler going to continue to play this good, especially against a Rams defense? I don't know. Kyler played well against uh, defenses that are not very They're not regarded as top 10 defenses, top five defenses, or what have you, whatever your statistic is. However, the Rams look very good. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be draped all day with Jalen Ramsey. So I don't think he's going to have a big day. However, Christian Kirk and A.J. Green proved that they can still play based on last week. Now you're going to say, Cole, well, they were playing the Jags. Yeah, I understand that. However... A.J. Green is old, and he looked like he was washed up until that game, uh, which gave him confidence, as well as Christian Kirk being extremely fast, uh, probably a 4-3 flat, maybe 40 guy uh, in Christian Kirk who can can open up the field and be faster than DeAndre Hopkins, maybe with a little less hands. But I I see that the the Cardinals are going to try to exploit that. But the bigger question is not about Kyler, but it's about Stafford. Matt Stafford has looked amazing through three games. Amazing. They destroyed the Bucs last week. The game looks closer than it was. Should have been 30 to to 17 max. Here's the thing. I've always said that Matt Stafford has been a good quarterback. Always. I've always said that. He's been on a piss-poor team, being the Detroit Lions for the past 12 years. Before this year. Stafford's got to prove that he can win these games. And this is the first opportunity for him to do it. And I definitely think that he does it. Based on the way that Cooper Cup is performing right now for him. Robert Woods is almost irrelevant. If somebody, if either anybody out there has drafted Robert Woods in fantasy, I'm so sorry. But Cooper Cup is the number one player on that team. And he's been, he's been 
running amazing routes, and he, he is catching touchdown passes at an amazing clip. Cooper Cup is is outperforming anything that I've ever expected for him, especially through the first three weeks with Matthew Stafford, who, granted, they added a whole offseason to prepare, but it's still a new quarterback for him. So, honestly, I mean, I just, I think the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC right now. And that includes the Bucks, And that includes the Buccaneers. They got, they, they lost to the Rams, so how are the Rams not better than them? I, you just you can't give me an argument where the Rams are worse than the Bucks right now. You cannot. So based on that, I will go with the Rams minus four because I think they win by a touchdown. And obviously, I'm going to go with the over of 54 because th- these defenses are the, the Cardinals defense is piss poor. Uh, but the Rams defense, if they get up by a lot, is going to give up a decent amount, even they could be as good as they want, but the Cardinals are going to exploit them for at least 21 points, at least. Like the, the, this, this game is going to be upwards of 60, maybe 62 total. So I will obviously take the over of 54, and the Rams minus four. Next, I said the NFC West. We continue with the Seahawks at the 49ers. This is, I believe, Russell Wilson's breakout game. They're one and two. Vikings beat them last week. Uh, their offense didn't look good in the second half. Granted, kudos to the Vikings defense for making it look that way. Uh, but I think Russell Wilson embarrasses the uh, the 49ers this week. DK Metcalf is going to torch that defense of those defensive backs. Uh, they're either hurt, dinged up, uh, or they have backups in. DK Metcalf, huge physical wide receiver who can run amazing routes. Tyler Lockett looks like he's going to play this week, even though he was dinged up last week, didn't have a big week uh, for Lockett, but I think he gets in the game as well. Uh, they have some rookies that can come in and and perform. Chris Carson's going to look pretty decent. They're going to be able to get some production through, uh, through the run. Uh, but Jimmy G is going to see less of the field, and I think that Trey Lance sees more of the field in this game. I think they bring Trey Lance in and give him the most plays he's seen so far this season in a single game. That is the hot take of this episode. Trey Lance is going to get at least 10 snaps in this game, and they're not all going to be run plays. They're going to be pass plays as well. I think they incorporate Trey Lance because they haven't done so much of that the last two weeks, and their defense is it's on the fence of being subpar. Their defensive backs don't look good. They look like they can't cover. They gave up a decent amount to Aaron Rodgers last week. Russell Wilson has the same potential. So I have no choice but to pick the Seahawks plus three. Obviously, I'll take the Seahawks straight up uh, in a money line situation. Uh, but if you're going to give me three, I'm going to take it. And I'm going to take the under of 52. I don't think it gets to that point. Uh, the 49ers offense does not impress me, um, and I don't think that the Seahawks scoring 17 last week are just going to end up scoring 40 this week. Uh, so I'm going to take the under, but just under, of 52. Next on the list, we got the Steelers at the Packers. What is Big Ben? He looks awful through the first three weeks. However, you know what's good for a quarterback that looks awful? A defense that's awful, like the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay's defense is terrible. They have one good corner and maybe one good pass rusher that hasn't really played all year in Zadarius Smith. They don't have that many good linebackers. They're they're weak at cornerback besides the one good one in Jair Alexander. Their safeties are average at best. I don't see a single way that they hold the Steelers under points in this game. The Steelers are going to be able to score points in this game, whether it be with Najee Harris, which I think who I think is going to have a huge game, or whether it be with Juju or Claypool or any uh, anybody else who runs a route that's not against Jair Alexander. Rodgers is going to take a step back. He is. He looked good the last two weeks. He looked terrible in week one. I think the I think the way Aaron Rodgers is as a person, I think that week one performance is still in his brain. I still I still think it's there. And I think the Packers lose this game. However, 
I'm not confident in that, which is why I'm going to take the Steelers plus six and a half. And I'm going to take the over of 45 and a half because the Steelers defense has given up points already, even as good as they are. And the Green Bay defense is no choice but to give up points because they're not very good. The thing is, I would love as a Vikings fan to see the Packers lose this game. However, I cannot sit here and say that the Steelers are not going to cover six and a half. I don't see them losing by a by a by a touchdown, maybe a field goal, but not a touchdown. So I'm going to take the Steelers plus the six and a half and the four and over forty five and a half. Sticking in the AFC North, we're going to go with the next game: the Ravens at the Broncos. I've made multiple multiple comments about the teams that the Broncos have beaten so far. Not very good teams. The teams that the Broncos have beaten are zero and nine. Their defense is good. Don't get me wrong. They have solid players. Patrick Sertan looks good, the rookie, a cornerback. The problem I have is they're finally playing a team that's not terrible, which is easy. It's very easy to underestimate teams like this, especially after the last three weeks that they've had. Teddy is steady, but Teddy ain't going to bring you back from a 20-point deficit, which is very, very possible when playing the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Lamar needs to play well to prove that Lamar can play well against a solid defense. Now, I think that the defense, the way the defense is set up in Denver, I think Lamar can have success running the football and also passing, but just not deep down the field. So what Lamar is good at sets up very well in this game. Lamar is not very good throwing 50 yards down the field, but I think that he can find something short and intermediate in the pass game is also shortened intermediate in the run game for him to get out of the pocket uh, because they're going to probably have to spy him, which will be able to have, which will be able to have him have success intermediate in terms of tight ends, running backs out of the backfield and also wide receivers going on shorter routes. So I see that being a success for them. They need to keep pace in the AFC North, especially if the Bengals are going to continue to play the way they are. The Browns are, have played well so far. A typical Browns game where they control the clock with the run game so far. And, and the Steelers don't look good, but they can always have that turnaround. So they, the, the Ravens need a big win to keep pace in that in that division. The problem is, is that they're very inconsistent. So the inconsistencies of the Ravens, not only on offense, but also as on defense and all of the injuries that they've incurred through training camp, through preseason and through the first three weeks of this season are hurting them, especially in terms of making big strides towards the top of that division. Now, I believe more in the Ravens than I do in the Broncos based on what I've seen and their opponents. So in this game, I'm going to take the Ravens minus one, and I'm going to take the over of 44 and a half. The Ravens defense is going to hold up, but only hold up for so long. And Teddy's going to get some garbage time in there. But I think the Ravens win by a touchdown in this game. I think this is extremely under. This is under-evaluated in terms of a spread, so I'm definitely taking the Ravens in this game. I think they get a big win this week. And their big win is going to be against a team with a solid defense. So all the Lamar haters out there, guess what? Lamar's here, and he's willing to make this make this jump into eliteness versus average compared to some people's beliefs and to where Lamar actually stands in the NFL. Sunday night football, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks at the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Brady returns to his old 20-year-long stint in New England. This game is so overshot right now in terms of people betting on it, people taking the spread. It's moved so many times. This game is going to go the opposite of the way everything that I've ever heard has seen. Sorry, that seemed a little bit confusing. 
everything that I've heard so far in terms of CBS, ESPN, NFL Network, in the terms of the way this game is going to go, I don't believe it's going to go that way. And I think, honestly, it can go two different ways. Tom Brady can come out hot instantaneously in the first quarter and put up multiple multiple big plays they can run the ball effectively and look great on offense and then Bill Belichick crawls back and makes it a closer game towards the second half or it's just close and it's a low scoring game based on Bill Bill, Bill Belichick knows everything about Brady and what his tendencies are maybe he doesn't know that much about Bruce Arians's offense uh, which he's probably seen a decent amount of time so that could be overshot but I don't I don't know that I would place a bet on this game. This is definitely a game that I want to watch. I I don't want to place a, ba- a bet on this game. So if uh, through the first three weeks, I don't think I've officially named a stay away game. Um, but this would be that stay away game. Now, I'm going to describe exactly what I think is going to happen, but the chances of that are slim to none. Uh, for all you betters out there, uh, you've obviously made a bet that you thought was a lock that's, that hasn't happened. So that's kind of the similar situation that I'm in now. But I think that this game is a lot closer than people think for the entire game. Now, I think Tampa Bay breaks away late due to a few plays on defense uh, and taking advantage of the rookie Mac Jones making a few mistakes. But where do you stand on the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady debate as to who deserves more kudos for their success? That is the way you're going to bet this football game. If you think Bill Belichick's coaching is the reason why Tom Brady is good, then you clearly didn't watch last year and Tom Brady bring the Tampa Bay Bucks from a wild card to a Super Bowl champion. I'm on the Brady side. I think Brady's more responsible. But if you don't believe that, then I can't sell you on that, on what I believe. But I think Brady has more going for him than Belichick does in this game. The only thing that scares me is the New England defense. So if I had to make a pick for this game, I would pick the Bucks to win money money line. However, I got to pick the spread. I got to pick a game based on the spread. I said that I would do that. I'm not going to buy off from that. So I'm going to take the Bucks minus 7. I think the Bucks win by 10. But I don't think that that win becomes very viable until the fourth quarter where Mac Jones gets put under pressure and he can't perform. So I take the Bucks minus seven. However, everybody's hammering the over. I'm taking the under of 49. I don't think that this game is as high as scoring as people think it's going to be. I don't think that if the Bucks get up big, that Bruce Arians just going to lay down and let the Patriots score free points. So if I had to make my best choice as a pick for this game I would pick the Bucks minus seven and under a 49 it's going to be a great game to watch though so if you guys are wherever you're watching from uh, over on the east coast where I'm from Pennsylvania uh, that's going to be the Sunday night game that that kicks off at 8 20 uh, so 5 20 out in California uh, one hour difference maybe if you're in the middle of the country but that's going to be a great game to watch and I definitely 100% will be watching that game It's going to be a little rough going to work the next day, but I'm definitely going to be watching that game, uh, and I advise you guys to as well. All right. Obviously, I always wait for the Vikings game to be the last game that I go over. However, we're going to do the Monday night game next, um, and then the Vikings game. So the Raiders are at the Chargers, another AFC West shootout, so to speak. Uh, the Raiders have two overtime wins so far. They are th- currently 3-0 and with the Broncos leading that division. A little bit inflated. Uh, the Raiders have been playing well as well as Derek Carr has been playing amazing so far. I think he takes a bit of a step back in this game. Um, I think it's his first game within the division. Um, and it is in L.A., uh, which is not too far from Vegas. However, still not in their home place. So... It's going to be a little bit different. 
I think Herbert stays hot in this game, and I think Derek Carr takes a step back, uh, which is going to prove in my pick for this game. Herbert looked great against the Chiefs defense, which is not saying much considering the Chiefs defense has not looked good. However, uh, for them to come out and put it to the former AFC champs uh, that were in the Super Bowl last year and to just win that game uh, by six, uh, I saw a lot of good things from them on defense as well as on the offensive side. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen are all going to have a big role in this game. I think all three of them have decent fantasy days. Uh, One of them is going to have the best day. I'm not sure exactly which one right now. Uh, Depends on how the game kind of opens up. But I think Eckler has the biggest potential to be the best player in terms of fantasy and statistics in that game, Uh, which is why I am going to pick the Chargers minus the points at three and a half. And I'm going to pick the over because this is going to be a complete shootout. If any game had the potential to get to 70 overall points, it would be this one. Justin Herbert is going to have a day. This is going to be your fantasy studs all day. You're going to get a lot from the running game. You're going to get a lot from the passing game from both because I don't think either of the defenses can put up with the opposing offenses. So I'm going to go, uh, just to repeat it, I'm going to go with the Chargers minus 3.5 and and over 52. All right, in the last game, like typical me, uh, the Vikings game, the Browns will be at U.S. Bank Stadium at the Vikings. Everybody's picking the Vikings to cover in this game. It's very interesting. I've never seen uh, more professional opinionists of NFL Network, ESPN, podcasts, uh, Colin Coward, everybody out there that I've listened to on a regular basis, John Middlecoff, uh, a lot of familiar sounds that you will you will hear if you listen to podcasts about the NFL. But a lot of people are going ham on the Vikings right now. I like it. I like it. But normally when that happens, they lose almost every time. However, this time may be the this time may be the change. Jarvis Landry's not in. Kirk Cousins looks amazing. Uh, Dalvin Cook right now is questionable with the ankle. Looks like right now he's in a better spot than he was last week, in which case he was questionable, and then a game-time scratch against Seattle. Alexander Madison looked amazing stepping in for him. And Kirk Cousins looks like he's got amazing rapport with these with these wide receivers through three weeks. Uh, he looks great through the first three weeks. Um, I'm not trying not to jinx it. Um, I have some wood right here, if you guys can hear this. I'm knocking on wood since I just said that. However, I, I like the Vikings matchup in this game. Um, uh, we were able to kind of nullify the Chandler Jones against Arizona. He had five sacks, and then we kind of neutralized him. And then uh, for Seattle, Kirk Cousins really didn't get touched. Uh, he had one. They had one sack in that game, kind of a breakdown. Kirk held the ball too long, uh, but the offensive line looked like they were playing well. And I think the Vikings only need to worry about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Odell Beckham Jr. is not the same Odell Beckham Jr. that was on the the New York Giants. He's just not. And we have Patrick Peterson. Uh, Brashad Breeland is a terrible cornerback. I'm so mad uh, that we signed him because he looks awful. Uh, and I wish Cam, they would put Cam Dancer back in, the, the rookie from last year from Mississippi State uh, that came in when our defense was basically uh, depleted in terms of COVID opt-outs and, and injuries and what have you. Our defense was worst in the league, one of the worst defenses in the league. Cam Dancer was one of the shining points. He looked good. I wish they would start him. Uh, He's been running his mouth on social media. A lot of the stuff you guys probably don't see because you're not Vikings fans, but he's been running his mouth on on social media saying he's ready to start, he's ready to come in. Uh, He's kept an eye on some of the stuff that's happened uh, that he wouldn't do if he would have started the game. I'm okay with that, Um, and I think that that's the move. Brashad Breeland is just awful as a cornerback. He's just awful, And, and the Cleveland wide receivers are good. Uh, they're they're a little bit underrated. Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, Rashard Higgins. They have uh, Odell, obviously, who can who can make big plays at any time. We just need to control their rushing offense, um, and then we win this game. That that's just the way it goes. Uh, so 
the, the last pick is I'm going to take the Vikings plus two. Uh, I think the only way we lose is on a last-second field goal, and that's by one point. And I'm going to take the over. Uh, I took the over last week and kind of got burnt against Seattle. Uh, but the Browns offense is not the same as the Seattle offense, so I'm going to take the over of 51.5. Vikings get a big W. I would take them as a money line, maybe tease that up a little bit if you guys are into teasers on DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, but I'm going to take the Vikings bus too, and, and let's hope for a big win uh, because we got Detroit next week. So let's keep the wins going uh, for the Vikings and – jeez, let's just keep the wins going, man. After last week, it felt good. Felt good to get a W. All right, guys, that's the end of the preview show for week four. Uh, If any of you guys uh, placed any of these bets last week, did a little bit better. Uh, I believe I went nine and seven for the spread. Uh, Like I said, the over-unders, if you're serious about it, take take the best three, maybe parlay them. Uh, and then maybe make you guys some money. I did pretty good on the over-unders last week. Uh, but I've had seven wins week one, eight wins week two, and nine wins week three. So week four, uh, we're going nowhere but up. So hopefully you guys go out there, win some money. I'm going to place these bets right after I'm done recording this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please comment, like, share the podcast on Facebook, anywhere via word of mouth. Uh, the best way, uh, if you know somebody who likes the NFL, uh, somebody who likes betting, uh, or somebody who just likes a funny guy who likes to talk into a microphone, that would be me. Uh, so please share uh, the podcast any way you can. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, just This is the 25th episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. Uh, just over 600 downloads, uh, which is awesome. I uh, never thought I would be that way, but we're always Always trying to get that number up. Obviously trying to monetize the podcast any way I can and get the word out there. Uh, So once again, this is the All In Man Cave Podcast. I am Cole Haight signing off for now. Good luck for all your teams this week. Uh, Good luck to everyone uh, no matter what favorite team you are. Uh, Good luck and please take the bets into consideration. Make those bets and let's try and win some money. All right, guys. All right. And until next time, like I always say.